day podcast i'm sitting here right now bundled up like a cold old lady (laughs) i've got my beanie on my hoodie on my thick socks it is another cold and very very windy day one thing about living in the country that i don't like (laughs) this is totally random but something i don't like about living in the country is the wind at least our particular location we are in a pocket of nonstop wind like it, it's just usually it's not this bad, but this is day three of the kind of wind that blows all of your like patio furniture over. Like everything is just gone. Like it, it's just, ugh, it's just been relentless. Like last night I could hardly even sleep because the wind was so bad. Um, so yeah, that's not something that I have, have found to be enjoyable about living in the country or at least where we are. So anyway, I'm sitting here all bundled up. It's cold and I'm just trying to stay positive because I know the warm weather's coming. I can see it. Like I'm, I'm reaching for it. (laughs) I know it's coming, but she's just taking her, her sweet time and that's okay. Um, but you guys, today's episode, I... Gosh, I, you know, something funny about me, and I don't know why I'm like this, but I go back and forth when it comes to this podcast, like constantly on what I want to talk about. Different episodes I think might be interesting for you guys. This week in particular, I just could not decide what I wanted to do. And so I just kept going back and forth. I ended up putting this little box up on my Instagram stories like, hey, I'm brainstorming some ideas for the podcast. What would maybe be interesting? What would you guys like to hear me talk about? And I got some really good suggestions, but I was surprised to see a request for me to talk about my experience as a law enforcement wife, like multiple times. That was in there several times. It was the only topic that was repeated. So I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that, but I don't know if I want to do that this week because that's a lot. Like to talk about that, is a lot. I was a law enforcement wife for 14 years. So there was a lot that was a huge, huge part of my life, right? And so I'm like, you know, I just don't know if I'm ready to take on that conversation. So I kind of pushed that to the side. And then ended up just not like I just I just couldn't think of anything I wanted to share that I thought would be interesting. Like I, I always want the podcast to be valuable and to have, you know, to give you something and to be helpful in some way and inspiring. Um, so anyway, I just kept coming up with nothing and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to dive into this conversation about what it was like to be married to a cop for 14 years and share my experience. And it's not a conversation like I have not, I don't have notes. Like I'm not really sure exactly where it will go, but I do want to share, you know, what it was like for me because that was such a big part of my life and our family's life, obviously my husband's life. And I think it's one of those things that I really didn't even talk about at all. Like while my husband was doing it very, very little. I I shared him very little. I shared his career very little. Like I just wanted to keep it close to the chest, I guess, as maybe a way to protect him. Um, And yeah, it's just not something I ever felt really comfortable talking about. Like crazy stuff would be going on behind the scenes with his job and with different call outs and different situations happening because he was on SWAT for quite a while. And I could never really talk about it. It just always kind of you know, I had to act like nothing was going on and everything was good and I wasn't scared to death and all of those things. So um, now that he has tr- transitioned out of that career, and I'm I'm actually going to, I'll share a little bit about that, like how he transitioned out, how it has been since he left law enforcement, because to be honest, I'm still kind of shocked that he is no longer doing that, um, at least for this season of our life, who knows what the future holds. But yeah, he has transitioned out 
So let me kind of start from the beginning a little bit to kind of give you some history. My husband and I, we are high school sweethearts and I've been, we've been together, you know, since I was 15 years old as a tiny little baby. And, uh, you know, the benefit of that is we've grown up together. He's two years older than me. So he's 17 when we got together and, you know, it was just such a blessing because he's just such a great guy and we've just been able to grow up as best friends and go through all these different things in life. So we got married very young. I was 20 years old. He was 22. And I know everyone thought we were crazy, first of all, (laughs) to get married that young. And looking back on it now, I, I do think we were crazy to get married that young. Like if one of my kids came to me and was like, hey, I want to get married and they're only 20 years old, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, are you sure? You know, just because we were so young, but God was so good to us and he blessed us so much and we're coming up. It's been 15 years. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, but anyway, we got married young and we, you know, as we were growing up, my husband, of course, just like I was, we were always talking about like what we wanted to do with our life, what we wanted to be when we grew up. And what's funny about the career he chose is that I don't ever remember there was never like this conversation of being a cop. He had like other interests, like there were some other things he wanted to do, but I don't ever remember there being much of an interest in being a cop. Like that wasn't something we talked about. So when we were engaged, he actually went and did this ride along um, at a local police department where we were going or where I was going to college in the same town and did a ride along. And that was it. That was all it took for him. He that right there helped him decide what he wanted to do with his life. And I can remember him telling me afterwards, like, it was so great. It was so awesome. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a cop. And immediately my response to that was no. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want you to be a cop. I was not um, very supportive of that decision right away because, first of all, the idea of somebody that you love so dearly um, and that you're getting ready to marry, going into this career where they're going to be in danger every day, where they're going to be, you know, doing really crazy stuff and risking their life every day was not something I was really fond of. I I was like, no, I I don't think that's a good idea. Let's keep brainstorming here. Let's keep the ideas going. Like, I'm not so sure about that. Um, But he just really felt like God put it on his heart. Like he felt like that was his calling. And I do believe people in a first responder and people in military also like you have that wired into you. Like it's in you. Like it's part of who you are. I think God makes people blesses people with that ability. And so he had that and there was no convincing him that, you know, he was going to do any other career. So he applied to various departments and we got married in January of 2007. And he, in that time, you know, while we were engaged and stuff, um, got hired on at like his number one department, like the number one place that he wanted to work. And he started in their academy in March of 2007, two months, two months after we got married, he started in the academy, which was very, very stressful. You know, he's an overachiever. So he wanted to be like the best he could possibly be and study like there's a lot police academies are no joke, at least at that time back in 2007. I mean, it was really, it was really strict. Like I can remember him coming home after being at the academy all day and studying and having all these like books and different binders of of stuff like it was a lot and so all that time like I was you know I, I think I was just um, praying that maybe something would change his mind along that path because here we are 
newly married, so young. We moved to this new town so that he can be, you know, in law enforcement in this new place that we've never lived in the city. We're in this tiny apartment. Like I just wasn't you know, I just kept hoping that maybe he would change his mind. So long story short, he went through the academy, did amazing. I think he was number one or number two in his academy class. Um, Just such an overachiever. And then he went into FTA. And that's the field training piece of being a police officer, being in law enforcement, where you have to then go out on the street, you have this like, Um, you know, veteran with you that's been in the department has lots of experience to kind of teach you what it's like to be on the street. Like you're not just going to go from the academy to boom, you're out on the street on your own. So he had to do, if I remember, I was like four months of that. That was even more stressful than the academy because there he is on the street. Now he's working shift work. So he'd be working you know, crazy hours, overnights. And I can remember, like, I hated it. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I hated it. I was so nervous for him. I was so terrified of something happening to him. Like, we moved to the big city. So I'm like, (laughs) I was pretty much all alone. Um, It was rough. Like, the FTA season, that portion of the process was really rough because here he is, boom, he's out on the street. I'm adjusting to that to begin with. And it was just really scary. And I really just had to like pray my way through it. At that point in my life, I was not nearly as strong in my faith as I am now. Like my faith was, has always been a part of my life since I was little. That's just how I was raised. I was raised in a home where faith and God and all of those things were a part of our daily life, which I'm very grateful for. But I wasn't to the point in my faith where I really found the peace and the comfort and all those things through a relationship with the Lord like I do now. It was tough. It was really tough. I mean, there were nights he would go to work at, say, noon to get ready for a shift that started at one, and he wouldn't come home till four or five in the morning. There was one rotation of his FTA where he they always stayed out late. Like they always got into extra stuff like his FTA, the guy he was working with was really like a hard charger. So he would always have Matt, um, you know, they're supposed to get off at say, I think it was like 1am or something like that. And it would be four or 5am and he still wouldn't be home and I wouldn't be sleeping. Like I would be up all night long waiting on him to get home. And he was not able to like call me or text me or anything like that. And so I would just be literally terrified it was awful. It was just awful. I'd be sitting in this little apartment all night long, terrified that something had happened to him. Like, where is he? He was supposed to be home hours ago. There was even a couple of nights I'd call my mom in the middle of the night, just like basically panicked. I mean, it was rough. Like I was just on pins and needles, praying constantly that he was okay and he was safe. And I wish looking back on that, that I had had a stronger faith during that time. Um, but you know, sometimes the only way to to do that or to grow is when you're uncomfortable. And that was definitely a time of being uncomfortable. And he was stressed, like there was so much work for him too. But also at the same time, he was loving it. So anyway, we were transitioning through all of that. Meanwhile, what was going on with me on my side, I had just graduated college, and I was trying to get into law school. And I actually had been accepted into law school. And that was my plan. I was going to go. I thought it'd be so cool to be an attorney. Like I had all these dreams of being some like high powered attorney. I thought, how cool would that be? So I was accepted into law school and I was going to start that fall. So this summer is when the summer before that is when Matt was doing this FTA stuff. And it was so stressful. It was the schedule. The hours were crazy. Um, You know, it was just, 
it was not a an easy like season of our life and I just kept thinking to myself like how can I go and do law school with the demands that are going to be coming with that and he's doing this I really felt like that was going to just tear us apart to be completely honest I felt like it was going to be too much for us to handle the demands of law school I knew how hard that was going to be and there was one day I went and I did a um, a shadow where I went and I met with this attorney in downtown Denver and I got to talk to them about their day to day I got to talk to them about their life as an attorney. What was it like? This really nice guy. And that scared the crap out of me, to be honest, because he talked about how he has a sleeping bag in his office. He doesn't um, get a go home a lot of nights, like talked about the crazy hours he works and the stress, like it was just obvious, like the stress he was under. And that scared me. Like I was like, wait, I don't want that kind of lifestyle and I knew like I would want to have kids and I knew like I would want to be around my kids and be able to you know um, not have to work crazy hours and that was a huge priority for me and so all these things kind of combining at the same time of Matt going through this really stressful thing I actually decided not to pursue law school and I got my acceptance deferred for a year you can do that where your acceptance is held so the next fall you can start I thought okay I'm gonna put this off for now I figure out what in the heck I want to do with my life I'm not sure anymore I want to be an attorney and also law school is very very expensive so I was looking at lots and lots and lots of student debt I mean well over like $200,000 in student debt if I had pursued that career. So I decided, you know, I'm going to defer my acceptance. I'm not going to going to pursue this right now and I'm going to focus on supporting Matt and just figuring out my life what I want to do. And so that next year was really like that. I did a bunch of different part-time jobs, random stuff. Some were really awful jobs. that I cringe thinking back to. That's a story for another day. But I did a lot of different just part-time jobs. So I would work weekends, you know, jobs that wanted people to work weekends. Like that was me. I was going for those things. Like I think at one point I was trying to be like a barista at Starbucks, like all kinds of different stuff because I was really just wanted my schedule to line up with Matt's and he was working weekends and nights and stuff like that. So that was kind of the first couple years of our marriage. That was how we started. And it was definitely very difficult to get through that season just because I was constantly worried about him away from family like in this little apartment like looking back on me now I'm like dang like she needed to chill out a little bit and trust the Lord and like relax a little bit Um, it was also new and foreign to me we were just you know just trying to do our best and Matt was just excelling meanwhile in his career like he just was a natural you know he was just born with that instinct like did just so well anything he does this guy I'm telling you he does like he's so smart he's one of the smartest people that I know and so he's always like the top of the class he's always like doing the absolute best and he just excelled in his career and um, he did patrol I think it was for like five years and then he transitioned into investigations and in investigations he was in the crimes against children's unit which is the unit that's specifically investigating terrible 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 abuses against kids that brought its own challenges that was super difficult you know He didn't talk about it a ton because stuff was so traumatic and that's not really the kind of conversations you have over the dinner table like, hey, let me hear about the cases you investigated today. So it wasn't something we really talked about, but I know that was a very difficult time for him. I think he was in that that spot for three years, three years um, investigating crimes against children and just bless his heart. 
you know, God, I really believe made people, like I said earlier, that can do that type of work and that are out there in the trenches. I just am in awe of law enforcement and first responders and military in general, people that are out there doing incredible things in their communities. And, and that was him, especially in that role um, with, you know, working with children and the stuff that he did. And we still haven't really talked about much of that. Um, he handled it beautifully. Like my husband has a strong faith and he really leaned into that and relied on that to get him through it. And that helped him grow in his faith for sure. Uh, and you know, he never complained. He never, he, he's always been somebody that's just handled things really well. And so he did great, but I knew how hard that was on, on him. And that was around the same time that we were having our first, my son. So that, yeah, that was very difficult. He, he did that for three years and then he was able to actually transition out of that where he was doing fugitive sex offender apprehension. You guys, the guy had the craziest career, but, um, he got to be in this SIU unit, um, yeah, doing fugitive sex offender apprehension. And he was on SWAT at that same time. SWAT was like a huge goal for him. And he really, really wanted to be on SWAT. And probably not a surprise for you to hear that I wasn't really down, wasn't really into the idea of him being on SWAT, because that's, you know, of course, the group of guys that are specially trained to go in when something really crazy goes down or when they have, you know, a warrant or different things that they're they're going after a fugitive. Like, I don't even know. I'm probably a, a lot of crazy stuff. If something goes down, the SWAT team's getting called in, right? I wasn't really excited about him doing that. But at that point, my faith had grown a lot. I had learned that, you know, I have to trust God. I have to let some of this anxiety go. And I also saw how good he was at what he was doing and also how good the people around him were. He was on a really, really great group of guys, particularly in the SWAT unit. And I just found this peace. Like I really did. It didn't come easy for me, but I would say at about year seven, of his career, I really just stopped worrying so much. And I really, with the grace of God, found a piece where I was able to just be like, you know what, like he's good at what he does. God put him in this role for a reason and God's going to take care of him and it's going to be okay. And it wasn't always easy, but I really grew in that season of just letting go and having to trust God with this person that you love so much And at that point, we were growing this little family. Like there was a lot riding on him coming home at the end of the day. There was a lot riding on him getting back home after the end of a shift. And um, I just give you know credit to God for helping me through that, for helping him through that, and you know making me feel some peace with it. Um, But the years that he was on SWAT, that was that brought its own challenges. And sometimes just as he had gotten home from a long day, you'd get a call just as you're sitting down to dinner. Oh, there's, you know, someone's barricaded in a hotel and they have a gun and he's got to go. And it would just be boom, the drop of a hat. Didn't matter what you had planned. Didn't matter what was going on. Didn't matter if he literally just got home from an hour drive after a 10 hour shift, like whatever, you got to go. And that that was tough, especially with kids you know, uh, just to figure out how to do that when dad at the drop of that of a hat has to pick up and leave. But the hardest part of that was knowing in those situations when SWAT was involved, that he was going into very dangerous situations that were extremely like tense, like you're not going to hear from him for a while, like somebody's got a gun and he's headed there. Like what kind of human being 
God bless law enforcement. I'll tell you that right now. Like, appreciate law enforcement. There are, of course, some bad apples, and I don't even want to get into that, but there are bad apples in everything. But the vast majority of those people, like, literally, you're sitting down for dinner with your family, with your little kids, and you get a call, like, somebody's got a gun, and something crazy is going on, and people need help. People need help right now. And he just picks up and goes. Like, there's only God puts those type of people on this planet for a reason. We should all be very grateful for them and appreciative of the work and the sacrifices that those people in law enforcement and first responders, um, also military, that all of those people make. Like, it's just incomprehensible to me because I'm not wired that way. I'd be like, oh crap, somebody's got a gun. Like, send me in the opposite direction. <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, so that was tough. The worst was when something would go down and it would go into the night, which was most of the time. Um, I couldn't sleep. Like I could never sleep when he would be gone on a SWAT call. I would try to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. Like it would be, it would be very difficult for me to be able to relax enough where I could actually drift off to sleep because yet again, here's this person you love so much. They're out doing something crazy. You know, something intense is going down. And I, I can't talk to him. I can't hear from him. He would be, you know, good about sending me a quick text like, I'm okay. And I would get that every few hours. I'm okay. And that would really help me just to know he's okay. He's alive. It's okay. They're okay. All of it, you know, he worked with such great guys. Um, they're all okay. That was important too. It was just so many you know, nights of not being able to sleep because he was gone. And meanwhile, like he loved it. Like that was his jam. Like he loved it. He was thriving in those situations. He was never, it's amazing. Like people in law enforcement, they're never scared. Like they're ready. Like they're ready to roll. Like it's just such a, an incredible and inspiring, um, you know, way to live because I'm, I'm just not that way. So he was just thriving. SWAT was really incredible for him. He was a leader. He was a sniper on SWAT. And so he was really in a very good, like he was just loving it and he was doing really well. And I can remember um, this one particular night, Matt was getting text messages from one of his SWAT team members that some, there was a situation developing. And this is kind of how a call out would happen a lot. He would get some texts from people that were maybe on duty if he was home. And they would let him know like, hey, this and this and that's going on, like something's developing. And he always kind of knew before, not always, but a lot of times would know before he would get called out, like something's happening. And if it doesn't get resolved, like we're going to get called out. So this one particular evening, he had been getting several texts from one of his team members about this situation that was developing and didn't look good, looked like they were going to get called out. And that night, I was just not having it. I was kind of, I didn't want him to go. I was not, um, you know, I was never, never wanted him to go. But this particular night, I don't know if it was just like stuff with the kids or what, like I just didn't want him to go. And I was really hoping he didn't get called out. So finally, at about midnight that night, they got the call out that, you know, SWAT needed to come um, to this situation. Like it was getting very dangerous. And I just didn't want him to go that night. I never wanted him to go. <laughs> I'll be honest. I never wanted him to go. Who who wants their spouse to go to a SWAT call out? But this particular night, I was like, really? Like, do you have to go? Like, I don't want you to go. Like, please, like, you don't need to go to every single one of them, do you? <laughs> like, try to convince him to stay home. And sure enough, he wanted to go. So I remember him leaving and I was just kind of um, frustrated that he was that he was going, of course, worried, mad, like all of the things. And I um, 
that particular night was a godsend because I actually went to sleep, which never happened when he was on a SWAT call. But I think I was so frustrated and just, I don't know, I was just upset and I actually was able to fall asleep. I slept from about midnight to 7, 7.30 in the morning and I remember waking up, I took my phone off airplane mode and text messages started coming in and I, you know, got a message from him that he wanted me to call him when I woke up. And that was unusual because he usually didn't send anything like that. Um, and so I kind of knew then like something maybe went down, like something happens. And so I call him and he tells me that there was a shooting. When they got there, things escalated quickly. The suspect had a gun and, you know, without sharing details and stuff like that too much. Um, he was, my husband was one of the shooters. He was involved in this situation. He was okay. The suspect had passed, uh, but my husband was okay. And I can remember being shocked. I can remember feeling disbelief, like what? Like, I couldn't believe that's what had happened. All of these years, especially with him on SWAT, I had been anticipating him being in a shooting or something like that happening. But even, but it's, it is rare. It actually is is pretty rare for a law enforcement officer to be involved in an actual shooting. A lot of times, some of them go through their careers and that never happens. And so um, I guess I was in shock. I was in disbelief that that had actually happened. And I didn't freak out. I remember being very calm about it. Like once I heard he was okay and I could hear the calm in his voice, which probably also helped me. Um, but at that point, you know, it was just such a godsend that I was sleeping through the night because it had happened around 3 a.m. But because he wasn't hearing from me, like the usual, like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Kind of text. He wasn't getting those from me. So he knew just knowing me really well that if I wasn't sending those texts, I was maybe asleep. And he didn't want to text me and wake me up. So he didn't even send that text of saying like, hey, give me a call when you get up until like seven that morning, like basically right before I had turned my phone on. So yeah, I just, I felt a lot of different emotions, but because he was calm about it, it made me feel calm knowing that he was okay. The other guys on the team who, you know, I cared about, everybody was okay. Uh, I, I just remember feeling so grateful that God took care of him and that God took care of the whole team. He sounded good when I talked to him, like he was, sounded emotionally okay. And thankfully it was an incident that was very like, you know, cops are making life and death decisions in a matter of seconds, like a matter of milliseconds sometimes. Um, and, and that can be very, very difficult. And this was a situation that was very cut and dry. You know, it was just one of those situations that was very obvious that like the good guys won and that, you know, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, what they were trained to do. He did exactly what he was trained to do. And um, it all worked out. And so knowing some of those details, that also helped me. And I just remember feeling a piece about it. Like, honestly, I didn't freak out about it. I didn't get super upset. Like, it was shocking and it was hard to process in those next couple of days that this person that you love so much was literally face to face with somebody with a gun and in this really intense situation. But, um, yeah, I did. I, I did feel a piece about it. I, I'm really proud looking back on how I handled that, but also even more proud of how my husband handled that, how Matt handled it. He after that, they got a couple, you always get a couple of months off when you are in a shooting for the investigation process for everything to be cleared legal. There's quite a, a process that happens after a shooting. So he ended up being home for that, um, which is standard for any officer that's involved in a shooting. That's a standard thing. Um, and they go through different steps also as far as their mental health, making sure that they're um, seeing a counselor, talking through the situation, 
and like making sure they're okay and he just handled all that so so well like I was so proud of him honestly also just amazed by how well he handled it he has such a strong faith and that played a really big role in it and he he just he did really really well as well as you could possibly do after something like that happens and we did too we didn't tell the kids really what happened they don't know many of the details on it they didn't need to know they just knew that daddy got a bad guy and um that was about it <laughs> they didn't really you know ask a lot of questions they were still young enough that we were able to really just kind of skate over some of the details which was just so great and I'm just so grateful to God for getting us through that and helping us through that. It was really one of those times in my life where I felt, I very much felt his presence. And what was crazy too about that is being like doing what I do and sharing my life online, it was just such a weird thing to try to navigate like how to share all the stuff that's going on or not how to share it, but how to act like nothing's going on. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't share it. And that happens like a lot, you know, with people you see online, you're never getting the full picture of what's really going on behind the scenes. You never know what someone's life is really like behind the scenes. And that was definitely a time of my life for sure, where there was a lot going on and processing all of these things that had just happened, but I couldn't share it. I couldn't talk about any of it. And that was a tricky place to be. So anyway, that was a big, you know, event in these last 14 years. That was a huge piece of the story for sure. Uh, and Matt, you know, got back into the groove of work, back into doing what he loved to do. And another year and year and a half or so passed by. And he had this opportunity, he actually went and did this training with somebody in the industry, a firearms training. And really just like this door opened up this opportunity for him to start working with this company, teaching firearms, teaching other law enforcement officers throughout the country and civilians and he's so skilled and so gifted like I said he was a sniper on SWAT so he just has a real I mean very very talented so this opportunity came for him to start working with this other company like on the side and he was so excited about that and it was just one of those cool like kind of god things like this door kind of just opening for him that really he wasn't even looking for and he did both of those jobs for a year, I want to say. It was about a year or so. And that was a lot because he was not only SWAT, the, you know, long hours, a long commute, but then was also traveling occasionally with this new job he was doing on the side. And things were going really well with that. And we were kind of at that time also just, you know, kind of asking God, like, what do you want next for us? Like, what's the next step in our life for our family? You know, at the time, my business, my blog and everything, God was really opening doors for me. Also, things were growing. And so we were kind of just like, basically like hands open, like, what do you want for us to do, God? Where do you want us to go? And things just kept developing with this side job that he had, this like second job. And they ended up offering him a like more of a significant role in the company. And it really was just God opening that door for him. And all the years prior to this happening, that opportunity coming for him, like I never really saw him leaving law enforcement. I don't think he did either. I don't think he ever imagined himself actually ever leaving law enforcement because he loved it so so much it was such a passion for him and really I just was like I said like God opening this door this new opportunity came that would allow him to be home way way more would allow him to still do the firearms instruction but be home a lot more and so we prayed about that for months and months 
um, and really spent a lot of time like weighing that option as to whether or not he would transition out of law enforcement to do this new job. And I really did not want to push him one way or the other. I wanted him to make that decision on his own. And I really, really you know, tried to be respectful of that and let him do that all on his own. Just because, you know, a decision that big, like I was really careful with like what I said to him, how we talked about it, because I did not want to sway him one way or the other. He needed to make that decision on his own. So just after a lot of thought and prayer, um, he ultimately decided he wanted to go for it. He wanted to try this new job to work with this, um, you know, this new company. He was really excited about it. And so he went for it. And I'm so proud of him for making that leap of faith because that was a huge, huge change and a huge change for our family. Um, it was just a lot to transition out of law enforcement like I feel it's it's kind of career that you don't just leave at the drop of the of a hat you know what I mean I think that's true at least for most people it's a real passion and so to walk away from that uh, it takes a lot and it was a risk for him to leave that job because when you leave you lose all your seniority even if you decide you want to go back you're you're losing all your seniority everything you worked for and he was willing to take that chance and that's just such a like I'm so proud of him for doing that and the transition for him has been great he has done so well in the new job um he is he's loving that he gets to travel all over the country he's home a lot more he gets to work from home but with the travel it it still makes it like really fun and and he's just done a really great job in that. And it's been so cool for our family, too, to have him around more and to not have to worry about him and his safety. Like, as uh, the wife of a law enforcement officer or the spouse of one, you know, like, that worrying, even though you might get better at it, like, it's still there in the back of your mind. And so it is such a blessing to just not have to to think about those things. Um, so, yeah, so that's the season of life that we are in right now. It's just been so cool to see God put all these little steps together, you know, during all of that transitioning process he was considering and these new opportunities he was considering. My business was growing really, you know, well, God was opening doors for me to the point where we could take that risk. We could take the chance of him walking away from his career and from the insurance and benefits and all of that. And we could take that chance because of these doors God was opening for me and these opportunities I was having with my own business. And, you know, for me, looking back over these last 14 years, I'm just so proud of us just starting out as two young kids with nothing, getting married so young. And, you know, the divorce rate is so high for law enforcement. Um, and I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for sticking through it. And I'm proud of myself looking back for making some of the sacrifices that I did to support his career. I don't regret that at all. You know, the um, law school thing for me that year I took off ended up being great because I realized I don't want to go to law school. I don't want all that debt. I don't want that type of life. And, you know, that's an episode for another day, that kind of self-discovery process I went through. But a big piece of that was supporting him, supporting Matt and, and wanting to set myself up to be able to be a mom that was uh, able to be home with my kiddos and maybe work part time. And, and so, you know, I'm just proud of us. I'm proud of us being a law enforcement family is not easy, but you know, it's rough and it can be a really, there's tons of sacrifices. It's not just the person that is in law enforcement. It's a whole family that's making sacrifices. And I, you know, I just think we need to support our law enforcement more than we do and support their families. And it's just, it takes a lot. So, um, so yeah, that's our, that's our experience. That's, you know, the last 14 years in a very quick, it's a lot to talk about 14 years in such a quick little sit down chat. 
Um, and I could go on and on, but you know, for the most part, like I said, I'm just proud. I'm proud of us. I'm so proud of him. And it's really cool now to be in this new season of life and to have that past us and to be experiencing new things. Um, so yeah, that's our story. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I didn't ramble on too much in this episode. It went a little longer than I had uh, thought it would. But like I said, I just wanted to sit down and share my heart with you guys. But thank you for listening. If you haven't already, I would love it if you could leave a review, subscribe, follow along the podcast, share it. Uh, that just helps so, so much. So anyway, thank you guys. I will chat with you in the next one. Bye.